Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, welcome to another Hot Lap Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Stevens. Thank you for downloading me again. Um, there's not there's not a great deal to talk about. Don't leave, please don't leave. I mean, saying that, you've already listened to one of the adverts, so kind of do what you want, because no one listens to the last ones anyway. Um, I've got some... Words from you guys, because I wasn't sure what to talk about, so I thought I could find out what you guys were excited about for the beginning of the Formula One season. Not going to lie, you just let me down a little bit, because I'm used to more messages off you about Formula One. But I know, we're still in the fucking rumbling stages, I suppose. Maybe maybe some of you guys haven't like got the fucking jets going for the new formula one season but it is the first of february and i'm recording this the podcast late this week again just mainly because i wanted something to talk about and i was kind of hoping that the later i left it into the week the more there would be to talk about i was fucking wrong wasn't i uh the only real things was the fact that the uh, mercedes um mercedes technical director uh mike elliott believes that the new cars are, are going to be the same sort of pace as the old ones, is what, what we've heard. Uh, Nicholas Tombasis uh, also said, um, uh, I don't know for sure, but uh, it will depend on tyres, it will depend on how much power we can find in the engine as well, and the drivability of parts of the aerodynamics. I mean, that's him saying, don't know, if we can build a car as quick as the last ones, then we'll be, it'll be quicker, won't it? So I, that felt to me like he's been asked a question that he couldn't really bother answering. And I was like, how am I fucking supposed to tell you? And even if I knew, 
would I tell you? So use your head. That's how that feels like. But um, yeah, I uh, I'm I can't wait. Can't wait for February first of February today. The first car reveal, I believe, is the tenth. I think I think so. Why Autosport don't have like a a dedicated section to car launches? I don't know. But anyway, um, I think the first car's the tenth, and I think it's the Austin Aston Martin Aston Austin. I always forget, and then I always pronounce it wrong anyway, so it really doesn't matter. Um. We still, there's still, I think, only half of the grid confirmed for the cars coming out. But I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure there'll be a few cars that we don't see anything to until, until the first test, and even then, we won't. We'll only get bits of it because it's not being televised. That's something I can talk about. The uh, petty fucking bullshit coming out of Formula One fans because they don't get to watch the fir- the first test, which chances are they don't watch anyway because they're probably at work. Um. Yeah, so it was confirmed that the first test will be done behind closed doors. Not even timing it. They're not even timing the first test. Teams will be timing it themselves. It's not even put down as like a pre-season test. It's actually put down as a shakedown. They're not even calling it a test. Um, I would think this was pretty fucking obvious. We have the biggest set of technical changes, maybe in the history of Formula 1, um, certainly in modern Formula 1, the cars are the cars are radically different to what we've had, and Formula One, especially coming off the back of the controversy of the last race, simply don't want to have a fucking grid full of cars on the first test going out and doing a first days of Honda with McLaren day. You know, it it seems pretty obvious, but Jesus, the the amount of people that said, "Well, I just won't watch Formula One. This isn't how you engage with fans." You think, fuck off! This like it wasn't so long ago we didn't get anything from testing. You had to watch like a, a now and again you would find some sort of fucking crazy world feed with no commentary, uh, where you could see some pictures, or you start looking at a timing board that would that would just update itself. I remember doing that quite a lot in the before. Um, it's like Sky started doing the 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 t- the, the testing is I'd be sat at work now and again and then going on and looking at whatever spreadsheet someone had put a link up to that was getting um, updated in real time. And I remember 2009, actually, when a button just popped up with, uh, in the brawn and thinking, what the fuck just happened there? And it was a great feeling. So, yeah, I'm a bit... Uh, everyone wants to see these new cars. It's obvious. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited about it as well. But for these fucks that are just walking around going, oh my God, this is just like, like hit Formula 1 like hates me and I, and all I do is like love Formula 1 and every time I get close to it, it just wants to push me away again and you just think, just fuck you. Just please fight. Go in that cupboard and find the longest, sharpest thing and insert it into wherever you feel most comfortable doing it. Um... So, yeah, that really annoyed me. It's all Facebook as well. Facebook is the worst comment section. The worst comment section for Formula One. The um, I used to enjoy, what was it called? Uh, it was an independent guy. They've got like a, a blue and 
green, uh, like old Honda blue and green um, logo. I forgot what they're, what they're called. Is it race fans? Is it race fans? I don't know. Uh, race fans are pretty bad. They are terrible fans. They're the worst fans. Um, no, the worst fans, ESPN fans. If you go into the ESPN comment sections, oh, my days. And it's... It's really weird because you will get just there's a subsection of people um, that clearly don't watch Formula One. They can't watch it because um, just whatever they say is so factually incorrect. And it's always, always written in broken English, always. And it's like, Hamilton, fastest, best fans. Um, And... They, they just it, it's just so weird it's so weird so seeing people have an argument have an argument the fact that if lewis hamilton was in a williams he would definitely win and lap everybody if in a williams uh, and how that's why george russell has got no chance because if hamilton had been in that had been in the williams he'd have still at least won he'd have still at least been second to max verstappen in it and you just think i don't like have you just started watching this sport like as in and not even like last season this very second have you just decided i'm going to be a formula one fan and then when you've decided you're going to be a formula one fan you've gone shit i don't know anything about it i best just make it up and that'll be the facts but yeah oh god i hope that ping noise didn't appear on the recording i'm uh, i've switched back to using windows because i wanted to Start iRacing again. Just picked up a W, by the way, guys. Um, so, yeah. The, the, I hope you didn't hear that big old fucking bing. It doesn't appear to have turned up in the thing. Anyway, let's get away from me fucking rambling on about bad Formula One fans. And I will go onto my social medias. And I will try and find what you guys sent in to me. I'm not going to lie, it wasn't a lot. You didn't help me that much. But them's the breaks, I suppose. Um, first one from Martin. Uh, if This is about not, not messaging in quick enough. Sorry, mate, I was asleep. Um, what would uh, What would Bernie have done if insert controversy um i don't think the if i i don't know what you should have given me a controversy because there's lots of controversy in formula one um i don't think what happens in abu dhabi happens under bernie eccleston because i don't think michael massey gets as many mistakes as he made on the lead up to that race without something happening um or something being put in let's like bernie is an old man an old crazy crazy rich man now and um but we have to i i i don't think bernie gets the um he doesn't get the respect he deserves if you watch some of the documentaries about early day Formula One and like the what he did, I think it was a German Grand Prix where um, 
the it was something to do with them not allowing the doctor on the was it was it the doctor? I can't remember a helicopter. I'm not sure. I remember him turn around and say, saying this was just before the race start that if they didn't have something to do with the short was Sid Watkins, um, in charge of the like medical side of things maybe it was to have a medical center at the track that might have been it that they were going to walk off the grid on the race you know it's like he was an absolute bulldog of a man didn't always get things right same as max mosley didn't always get things right probably went to two one or two many like like fancy dress parties but um yeah i think there's it's very easy to to forget old people we do it we do it really well in our society we we stick them places we discredit we discount them we speak to them like children and then we forget that they have this huge huge amount of experience um and i i just don't think that some of the prob- some of the teething problems. Are, uh, I think the the best thing that could have happened for Formula One, if Bernie would have allowed it to happen, and that's the problem, would have Bernie to still have been slightly involved, but also have had the um, Ross Braun team there. But they needed enough power to come against Bernie. So it's not just like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. What do you mean the cars are going to be slightly slower? No, we're not doing that. Let's get more wings on them. Um, but yeah, I don't think that... I we'll, we'll go with the Abu Dhabi controversy. I don't think it happened under Bernie Exton, and I think we should probably fucking give him more credit than we do. Uh, Kevin Logan. Uh, how do you see the McLaren boys against each other? I know you've talked about design philosophy in the car where, with McLaren, and that has hurt Daniel Ricciardo. Do you think having him uh, a year in the team and his input into 2022, uh, will the car result in a closer gap between them? Love the podcast. Thank you very much, matey. And thanks for the busy cheers thing. Um, Right. I've got a fucking horrible feeling for Daniel Ricciardo this year. And I, I don't want it to happen. I don't want him to beat Lando. See, it's always the that tricky thing, isn't it? When you've got... Um, when you've got a drive, two drivers that you quite like, but obviously you're going to love one more than the other. Um, and I would prefer... See, I don't even want Daniel Ricciardo to... This is the th- horrible, because I quite like Daniel Ricciardo, but I don't even want him to do well. I want Lando to destroy him, because that will... Pr- if if Daniel... If, if, uh, sorry, if Lando can destroy Daniel... It will show that he is world championship caliber. You know, like he's he's a step above the guy that we thought. Oh, we give him the car and he can win the world championship. Um, I don't think Daniel covered himself. Well, I know he didn't cover himself in glory or points last year. Um, won a race. I know we spoke. I've spoke to somebody else about this who said on the last podcast I did that he didn't think Lando would get past Daniel. I think he could have had a go in uh, in Italy if um, if he'd been given the go ahead. But 
the gap between Lando and Ricardo was so big, I don't think it can all be put down to car. I just don't believe it. He obviously didn't get on with that car. Don't get me wrong. But he didn't get on with the Renault either. So what? what are we, where are we there? Is it just the fact that he happens to get on really well with cars that are designed by Adrian Newey? Because we know another driver that was like that as well. And I wonder, is is that a problem? I mean, realistically, we see drivers going from other teams to Red Bull and struggling. We see drivers coming from Red Bull and struggling. Um, we It doesn't seem to happen with Toro Rosso. So you, you think maybe there's some sort of like similar philosophy between the two teams. Um, it's a big year. If this is the biggest year in Daniel, Carrara, Daniel Ricciardo's career, absolute biggest year, biggest year for Landon Norris as well because he can he cements himself this year. Last year he was third best driver on the grid, arguably. I don't I don't think there'd be many people that would argue with that. Um, technically, I mean, I think you could argue some of the result, uh, some of the things because he should have had a win don't forget as well he should have, he should have had a win um that that fucking horrible tire cock up which left him out on slicks in the in the wet just fucking terrible for him uh i think you could argue that he was maybe better than one or two of like max or lewis if you wanted if you were to take machinery into consideration as well so I think Ricardo's got it. He's he, he's got it all to do. I'm not sure if the change of cars will do it, unless the cars happen to really come to Ricardo. Um, because I mean that again, it's it's a perfectly perfectly valid argument that Ricardo actually didn't do too badly last year. Maybe Lando Norris is fucking awesome. Because that probably gets to Lando a little bit, isn't it? It was always about, oh, Daniel Ricciardo isn't really doing the job, is he? And Norris might have been thinking, well, maybe he is, and maybe I'm just doing really, really fucking well. So we'll know in Australia, I think. Oh, sorry, not Australia, in Bahrain. I think we'll know from the first race. If we go out there and all of a sudden Ricciardo is still six-tenths in qualifying down on um lando or f- half a second off or even a couple of tenths you know it's he want he wants to be closer but i don't believe that that gap is going to disappear there's something there's something fundamental about ricardo that seem that doesn't seem to be working out well for him and i don't i don't know what it is um I'm sure he doesn't even know where it is, and sure McLaren don't. But I'm, I'm not, I'm not willing to just go. This is uh, Daniel Ricciardo underperforming. I have to also put eggs in baskets of maybe, maybe, um, maybe Lando's the best driver on the grid. Like, how about that? Maybe he is head and shoulders above fucking ev- anyone. He had. Uh, his bedding in years in McLaren with Sainz. Then eventually, like this year, he got a car underneath him with a with an engine with some more drivability to it. He got a 
stronger teammate, technically stronger teammate than Carlos Sainz in Daniel Ricciardo. And he just went out there and did him. So maybe, maybe he's just the best. Wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't that be lovely if there's nothing wrong with Daniel Ricciardo, Lando Norris is just unbelievably fast. That's what I want to believe, and that's what I'm going to believe until I'm proved wrong. Now I need to go over to my Instagram. I should have done this while I was talking. I'm getting quite adept at doing things while I'm talking. I think it's uh, it's this which has done it. It's this... Uh, podcast thing so what do we have uh cody piscale i oh, piscatelli piscatelli sorry i always fuck, i fuck names up so much it's so annoying um what's the stupidest thing about f1 if you were in power there's one thing you, you'd change um i'd change loads if i was in power of formula one i would try and work out a way to bring in um in season testing i would i would allow the three car team if if it was fundamentally viable for all teams to run three cars if i could get every team to run a third car i would do that um i would amalgamate the gp uh, three, two, and Formula One. Uh, sorry, F two, F three, F two. Fucking hell! What year am I? What what year am I in currently? F three, F two, and F one. I would speak to the teams and work out work out whether whether there was a way that you could have a customer to customer car on the grid for a GP for an F2 team because I would like Formula 1 to work in a relegation system where if you're last the only one team the last team in the championship in Formula 1 gets relegated to F2 and the, the so I would have obviously this couldn't happen and it would take a lot of thought more thought than uh, I can I can do right now I would want on old a a a formula a Haas style situation where all of the teams had to supply some parts for a team to come into formula 1 so whatever whatever would make it possible that because they're probably going to run at the back maybe uh, maybe be just competitive enough to snap like at the second or last one but it would be nice if there was if there was more motion of teams through formula 1 it would get you know there would imagine that imagine the stress at the end of a season when a whole formula 1 team could be relegated to gp2 or to f2 <gasps> oh i'd love it i would love it um i think f2 um i've gone off formula 1 now but i think f2 drivers should be allowed to be multiple multiple multi-time world champions um I don't see that. I, I think it's awful the fact that a GP, uh, F2 driver can't go into okay, can't go into a second season as, as world champion. Um, I think it would make be better for F2 if you had some staple drivers in there. You know, some some guys that are good enough to be in F2, 
uh, are good hands for the teams to have and um, can live the whole career in F2. Uh, it maybe maybe it's time that Formula One it's, itself tried to make F2 more financially viable so it's not just rich kids paying their way onto the grid. You know, if you had... If Formula One... Like Mercedes pay Lewis Hamilton a lot of money because essentially he gets results and they get value back on what they put in. It seems crazy when you consider how much he gets paid, but that's just the way it works. Wouldn't it be much better if the if the kids in F uh, F two and F three weren't paying their way into the sport? If results brought cash into the teams and the teams were more concerned about that I, I know you're always going to get pay drivers i know you are but it would just be nice if if f2 and f3 felt more like sports and less like waiting lines um i would have sprint races for every race um friday 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 uh, friday practice uh, qualifying, so you just have F FP1, qualifying, no FP3, straight into the sprint race. Um, sprint race would be a half-distance Formula 1 race with full points and um, reverse grid. They were, uh, That would then set the grid for... The, the, the grid for Sunday would be set um, from that, the the championship, the grid for the, grid, the Sunday's grid would be set from that race. For Friday qualifying would be, I suppose you could do. Why don't I do Friday? Friday qualifying for Sunday, and then reverse grid for the sprint race. That would be good. So the sprint race is independent. You're still getting points for it. It's got a reverse grid. Qualifying on Friday is still like qualifying. You still qualify for pole position on Sunday. But if you qualify, but we'll do it reverse grid pole like um, F2 do or used to do. You get me? I think you get me. Um, more on track action, less practice. More um, mixed up results without adding gimmicks. I don't consider sprint races gimmicks even with reverse grids, because we like it in F2. Why is a reverse grid perfectly acceptable in F2 and not in Formula 1? Why? Why Why is it a gimmick in Formula 1 all of a sudden, if we like it in F2? doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, that's what I do. Basically, I change fucking everything. Um, I try and get the... I try and bring the canopies in as well. I try and bring canopies in over the halos just for the aesthetic side of it. I think canopies look better. Um, Slip Sour 47 on Instagram do you think the three engines per season needs, really needs to change by the end of last season it seemed like every driver taking penalties for at least one new engine and the more races being added surely it will only get worse yeah I mean the thing is it's unrealistic to expect them to go through to go through the whole season with three races especially with all the engine freezing because they don't seem to be making the engines more reliable Um it's unbelievable. Like the 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 level of reliability now in Formula One is fucking unreal. But realistically, do we really want a sport which is supposed to be the cutting edge of um, motorsport? Do we really want them trying to drag three engines out through the course of a season? 
give them what five so you've got at least so you've got two engines for the uh for like for for the two sides of summer break and then one floating around so you hope you hope you don't really need to use that but there you go five five feels better to me maybe even six give them six and it's three per half of season um it, it's i hate it i hate the penalties it's you know it, it's just it's just grim and then you see it, it must make drivers more of more reserved because they crash a car you know it's i mean nine times out of ten they're not worried about getting hurt anymore because the cars are so safe so that's good um but they're now more in more worried about the gearboxes and their engines because smash one of those up you got a 10 place grid penalty and you think oh fuck you know it's 10 place grid grid penalty it's going to affect the rest of your season because now you're an engine down um three engines think about that like if let's just say renault come or or honda come out next year with a slight problem they've got a little bit of a problem um and two engines blow in the first race weekend i mean what the fuck man you know the, that we we just write the world champion out of the championship because of maybe maybe it was something that was easily fixed that just didn't get fixed for the first race. And I know what people are going to say is, I mean, you should have you should have had that done before before, you, before the season started. I go, yeah, yeah, maybe they should have done, but fuck, you know, do you really want to see a whole championship decided so soon just because of one little thing, or do you want to give them the chance to get to get it right to make to make it work? So yeah, I'm I'm not a big fan of the penalty system, and I do think three engines is uh, is too few. Realistically, if we're adding more races, well, see, I'm all in form. Of, I'm all in four big seasons. Like I think we should top a Formula One season out. Like the cap should be what twenty nine, thirty races. I think we could do that. That feels like that feels like a number. Look at fucking NASCAR. Look at NASCAR. Fifty-two weeks in a, it's fifty-two weeks a year. There is fifty-two weeks. NASCAR run five hundred races. Sometimes, sometimes breaking time and space and running two races at the same at the same time, parallel to each other. So they're racing on the same track, but just in different time phases. Facts about motorsport. It's what you come here for. Um, so no, maybe maybe thirty be too many, but I'm all for big seasons. These people that say, "Oh, I wish it was just a sixteen race season," you go, "No, if it was a sixteen race season, you'd be going, oh, I wish it was twenty races." God, sorry, not you guys. You guys are great. I don't, I don't hold this con- this much contempt for the people that listen to me. Uh, Pirate Louis. Um, who out of McLaren and Ferrari look poised to take the fight to the top teams? Everyone seems to think Ferrari based on uh, the tail end of the season, but McLaren obviously stopped developing early to switch focus to 22. I agree. Um, that they made the, the, the decision to switch to, to Mercedes power last year instead of waiting to uh, for the rake changes. Um, I find it weird that everybody's talking up Ferrari because it seems that... This is what we do in the off season: is talk Ferrari up, and then they hit the track. And we go, yikes! They haven't done it again. Um, yeah, I see. No, I mean, yeah, they were they were good towards the end of the season. McLaren had clearly stopped developing in my eyes. 
Um, when you look at where McLaren were to where they are, their, their rate of tra- their trajectory has been fucking awesome. I think they've got a real star in Lando Norris, as I keep fucking gushing over him. They everything seems in place for that team, and I, I there is no reason, no reason whatsoever, why they couldn't pull a surprise. Um, I'll be I'll be surprised if Ferrari ahead of McLaren in the first race, or even if they're ahead of them, I I will be surprised if they're not sort of neck and neck. I want to see both of those go further up the grid. I think Red Bull will fuck it. I think Adrian Newey will be lent upon one too many times, one too many times to the Newey well, and instead of like a a bucket winding up the Newey well all full of gleaming bits and stuff like that, they're going to find air. Um... I think they they developed so late into last season as well. And the fact that Christian Horner had to come out and say, yeah, of course we're not sacrificing next year to make sure we've got a good car uh, to win the championship this year. Like, the minute Christian Horner has to jump the fox, is that, is that a saying? I think it's a saying. Um, we'll, we'll go with it. I shouldn't have said anything. Um, you can jump the something, can't you? It's not jump the fox, is it? We'll say jump the fox. Um, probably, (laughs) maybe that's Jerry. Um, yeah, but the minute he needs to come out and put put fires out before the fires start, you know there's something going on there, Christian. You're uh, you fucking bullshit showing again, mate. So I think we're gonna get a off color. Could be good for Mercedes because. If Ferrari or McLaren don't manage to get right up the front with Mercedes, um, we could see the first part of the season. We could we could see the repeat of what we're used to seeing in Formula 1, which is Mercedes starting the year well and then Red Bull having to come back at them. So we need a team like Ferrari or McLaren to be there. So if either, either Mercedes or Red Bull, to be fair, but I think it's more likely Red Bull will do it, if either one of those teams falter, we need another team to challenge. I think McLaren is that team, although over the course of a championship, they can only do that if Daniel Ricciardo has got it together. Lando's there. You know, it's unless there's something fundamentally doesn't work with him in the new rules, which I I think will be fine because by all counts, that McLaren's a tricky car to drive. He's come into Formula One, into that car, into that situation with a team that needed to fix itself. And he's worked his way around there he's kept his seat which is the most important thing to do in that situation um yeah i think he's uh he's i think mclaren are uh are poised to to do well this year and who knows ferrari maybe as well i still don't know if there's a world champion in those teams though i think that's that's the thing and i'm not saying I'm not saying Landon Norris is definitely world championship material even. Um but I'm not I'm just unconvinced. I'm unconvinced by the consistency of Charles Leclerc and I'm unconvinced by the out and out raw pace of Carlos Sainz. So to me either of those drivers feel 
like they would be a good teammate to Max Verstappen um, or Lewis Hamilton or insert another world-class champion, multiple, multi-time world champion, um, that it feels like Ferrari have two number two drivers in the team. Uh, so yeah, that was it. Like usually you guys send me fucking loads, loads of messages, loads of messages until today when I actually fucking need them. So what I would like you to do is before the next podcast, PM me. Let's get some in. Let's talk. Uh, you know, makes sense, doesn't it? We're getting excited for the for the start of the season. Um. Apart from that, if you want to listen to the other podcasts I do, uh, go to Musi Audio. Uh, that's where you can find my other stuff, like my interview stuff. It's where you can find all the Alien Addict uh, conspiracy podcasts as well. Um, there will be another one of those coming up very shortly. I should be guesting on them. Not uh, Musi and uh, This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Next week has Dave from... Um, the Modern Militia podcast on. Uh, if any of you don't listen to my shows, but you listen to Alien Addict on YouTube, fire Ollie some love. He's just got out of the hospital, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing some more stuff with him. Um, other than that, if you want to keep the lights on for me and keep me going doing this sort of thing, then I would like you to go over to Patreon, sign up to the Patreon, and give me some motherfucking green. Yeah. Um, it helps. Like the especially especially at the minute everything's getting tight for everybody so i understand if you can't put pitch in but it helps me pay for hosting you know it helps me pay for fucking the tech to keep this sort of thing going with it's i know i know i could make i could make podcasts with less money and less nice gear i absolutely know i could but the i i listen to the to the guys which have many, many, many more thousand listeners than I do, but I then I listen to the audio quality they have, and I want to have the same audio quality whether I have one, whether I have one listener or one million listeners. Um, so yeah, that would be great. Um, the patron is Musi Audio. You can also find it by looking for Lee Stevens Content Creator. I believe. Uh, otherwise, I will be back next week, hopefully more on the on time uh, for your Monday morning commute. That's when we'll get, we'll get back into our regular schedule for the first race, I think. Or b- before the first race, so we're ready for the first race. Sorry. I'm just fucking rambling on, eh? Uh, you guys have been brilliant. Uh, get in touch with me on social media. I'm at a total shunt. Still regret that name. Bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.